Hi, I'm Steve, you are you, and this is Digivice. Today we'll be talking to Brendan Golby. Brendan is in the top 100 most influential, influential people in Toowoomba. He is best known in Toowoomba for his amazingly successful networking events that attract hundreds of business owners, most recently having more than 450 people. He's achieved this all while being a husband, father, and having a full-time job, which he works 60 hours a week somehow, uh, and he is co-owner of Toowoomba.com.au. Brendan, how did all this start? Well, it, um, it all started back in 2014 when I um, was working for a document management business, and we were looking for, I guess, ways to network and, and I guess, you know, get our own products out to the marketplace. We went through a, a process where we sort of thought, you know, um, maybe LinkedIn might be a good way to, you know, establish ourselves a bit more within the Toowoomba business uh, ecosystem and community. And it was through a, a lady in LinkedIn, um, her name was Anne Nicole, that we really discovered, uh, you know, the power of LinkedIn and also the power of LinkedIn groups. So uh, yeah, so I, take, I took on a bit of a, a crazy journey and path to create the Toowoomba Queensland Community LinkedIn group, which um, we sort of got to about 2,200 members. But it was, it was through the process of actually building that group that we, we really understood what the benefit of, of creating that group was. Mm. And, you know, to everything was sort of work it out on the fly because there was no one that had really done it before me. And, you know, trying to understand that, you know, in order to build a, a LinkedIn group, you had to have a lot of people connected to you directly. Yeah. So once I'd, you know, worked out that the 500 people that were originally connected to me, you know, I could put a few of those into the group and um, it was more from then, it was really just a process of, of building my, my network from there. The, it was the influence and things that I could create from that where I could say, you know, does anyone want to have coffee with me on a Friday and 30 people would turn up and the following month I did the same and 60 people turn up and, yeah, you know, to get to the third month where the, the cafe's like, no, no, we can't do that again. <laughs> we, we can't do 120 people for coffees on a Friday. Yeah, so that's it, rough. It's sort of rolled more into a business after hours event and then from that after hours event, you know, it sort of spiraled from there. Cool. So I guess the the lesson behind all that is as you build your group and create visibility, the opportunities will then start to um, start to work and come come out of the woodwork from there. So do you find that it was easier to get thirty people to have a cup of coffee than it was one person to have a cup of coffee? Well, it was basically pitching it to a group of people. Mm. And, you know, keeping it very open and, and friendly and it, it just seemed to, like, it was a percentage thing. You know, you pitch it to a group of 200 people and 30 people turn up. Yeah. Pitch it to a group of 400 people and 60 people turn up. Yeah. And it All was, comes back it, to it was just a, it's a ratio thing. So. And not everyone's available you know, every time. So you were getting a mixture of different people throughout the group. Mm. And, um, but then there was also the, the certain people that would come to every event. You know, they saw the magic on the first event, so they came to the second, to the third. Cool. Yeah, I tried to be to it uh, at everyone. Tried. Yeah. Didn't get to uh, your coffee ones, but uh, hey, way back I remember, in the day. Yeah, the uh, TAFE. 
Yeah, taste was one. the first one that I went to. And it was it was they like chockers two hundred people in a room and it barely fit. Like it was yeah. You know, at the time, it was actually trying to find a venue big enough to actually support the number of people who were interested in coming. Yeah, and you had Jane Anderson yes as yeah. the guest speaker as yeah. well. Yeah, Jane came up from Brisbane as the um as the sort of LinkedIn trainer for that mm. night. So mm. so yeah, that was um a very exciting like to be able to negotiate and and create. Um, those events with zero budget was was quite yeah. a um, quite an effort at the time. So, mm. it's incredible. An effort and a challenge at the same time. Uh, what do you wish you had known when you were uh, starting out? So probably the the biggest thing, I, I probably it's probably been better that I didn't know, was how much effort would actually be involved in creating what I did create. Yeah. Because I think if I did know the amount of effort created, I may not have gone down that path. So, but on the flip side, what do I wish I had known is, I guess, had a little bit more foresight into what the actual ramifications are of creating um, visibility and influence. So, you know, in a good way, it's been, you know, such a positive outcome at the other end, Mm -hmm. but it's really understanding, you know, what could I have done more of, you know, knowing full well that you know, the end result was there. I just had to be patient and, and keep running towards it. Yeah. So. I think that's something that every business owner can um, agree with as well, that you sort of, um, you have a goal in mind um, that you want, want it to achieve something. And I, I guess you would have had some idea of what you wanted to achieve. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it to begin with, right? I think there was a certain level of craziness mm-hmm. and, a, and a certain level of, you know, nobody else has tried this before, so we're not really too sure what the outcome was. And, you know, I had my day job, so that was my, you know, my day-to-day income. So this was really my, you know, bit of a passion project on the side. And, you know, I was, you know, spending two hours in the morning and, and a couple of hours at night every day doing it. Yeah. And I was, you know, essentially racing, you know, towards... And I guess the things that I learned through that process just by making mistakes and, and and learning how the actual platform interacts with the people in it and, and working out best, I guess, other ways to interact with the platform, you couldn't have worked out unless you'd done the hard yards, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, it all comes back to experience. You can read all you want, but unless you implement those things and figure it out for yourself... And I guess trying to really dig, dig dig a bit deeper on the strategy on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a is a platform that it really lends itself to, I guess, collaboration, business to business communication. And I guess you know at the same time it creates visibility. So it's actually trying to sit down and think what is the type of visibility that I'm actually trying to create. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it's changed a lot in the last five years? Apart from the fact that in Toowoomba, we originally had 25,000 people and now we're sort of well over 50,000 people in the Toowoomba region who've got LinkedIn is the first change. The second change is that we're able to lobby LinkedIn to get an advertising zone for Toowoomba, whereas we previously we were, we were jumbled in with Brisbane and Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast as one big zone. Yeah. And it was pretty much just Brisbane for half of Queensland. So you, you're putting, you know, if you were advertising, you're putting a lot of money into other regions which weren't directly affected from Toowoomba course it's just wasteful mm. yeah definitely 
what do you think uh, you did differently that led to creating such a vast network of people? Elbow grease probably is the only is the only thing that I can really pinpoint. I guess the you know you'd be very hard to find someone who's put the same amount of effort and I guess consistent effort into the one platform. Mm-hmm. And it was really LinkedIn was really the one that I guess has lifted me up from a personal brand point of view. Yeah, and I don't think anyone else locally is really. I guess attach themselves to that one platform and run it as hard as I have mm. um, for the, for as long as I have, and building the the offline events, sort of like your business breakfast and your business after hours, to then correlate to your you know online communications within the platform, I think was another key. People could actually meet each other, you know, in real life, yeah. as opposed to just physically within the platform. And I guess the benefit around that is that people were actually creating usable, meaningful business communication and business networking at the events because they've pre-connected on LinkedIn prior to. And I think that's why LinkedIn was originally created anyway. It was more of a, collab, as you said, collaboration tool, but with the objective of going offline as well. And I, I think that's the magic to it. I think if you can create you know these online connections and relationships mm. and then to be actually be able to then migrate them into the real world into real face-to-face conversations i think that's the the untapped value of linkedin and i've seen it plenty of times before where i've connected to someone two years earlier and then two years later they walk in the door where i work here at Gordonburg constructions and they've gone hi brendan i've been watching what you've been doing for two years and you know it's a warm connection as opposed to you know walking in the door and having someone that you don't know yeah so i think that's you know that's obviously the benefit for me but it's also a benefit for them is that they can walk in the door and say oh actually you know i have a certain level of trust for this person because i've seen what they've been doing over the last couple of years yeah people will work for god uh want to work with gordon burke because of you mm. because of the the work that you've done to build that personal reputation mm. and that that I think is really what it's about. It's about not so much building a massive base of influence, but building a reputation that um, you can leverage so that you can build that trust base and people will trust your opinion a little bit more so that if, if you do work for, say, Gordon Burke or work for anyone else, you bring that trust with you. And the trust is attached to your personal brand as well. So. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, one of the things that also um, led to your um, success, um, if I can sort of give my own opinion about it, is that you, you didn't have a direct objective. You didn't want to um, reach 25,000 people, uh, which a lot of people generally will put a figure on things and go, all right, I want to achieve that, mm. which is important. But I, I think that it helped that you didn't really have that mm. that in mind. It was just this thing that you were trying to create and you wanted to do it. But um, And I guess it was really running at it from a non-commercial mindset as opposed yeah. to running it from a commercial mindset. I guess that's where I was going and, with that. And I guess the the decisions that I was making it being non-commercial was a different 
you know, a different consideration than if I was actually trying to use it as a, you know, essentially a money-making exercise. Probably the lesson I've learned probably in the last six months more deeply is that, you know, you can either go down the path of, you know, charging for an event potentially and getting 50 to 100 people in the room or you can put on a free event and have 400 people in the room. And I guess at the end of the day, which one has the likelihood of a better long-term outcome? Yeah. It's possibly the 400 people in the room. Yeah. So I think that's probably the, my biggest lesson. And, you know, watching, you know, pretty deeply like what these other successful people are doing within their own networking teams, you know, I'm, I'm watching that, you know, there's a definite figure around numbers. The bigger the numbers, you know, the more longer-term influence is created. And, yeah. and also the flow-on effect of that. And even to a point where, you know, the photos that we took at my last event, the, the reach and influence that those created on a social media network of course. Was, was massive. Whereas had there been, you know, a third or a quarter of the people there, the reach of those, of those photos would have been, you know, substantially less as well. Yeah. Uh, did you have a mentor starting out? I guess depending on, we, we had a mentor within LinkedIn for a period of three months um, yeah. and it was part of a, a paid, you know, if we took on a 12-month subscription, a LinkedIn premium, we were allocated a um, account manager within LinkedIn yeah. that we had some regular chats with sort of once a month. And I think, you know, that it was from those conversations that the, the idea of the LinkedIn groups appeared. So... I guess, you know, you could sort of say there was a bit of mentorship directly from LinkedIn. On the flip side of it, as a direct mentor, there was no one really from a social media point of view that directly influenced what I was doing. Um, I think it was more, you know, my own ideas and thoughts on, on where I wanted to bring it. But yeah. there wasn't someone that I can say that they were you know, forcing me to do it or, you know, encouraging me to do it. It was, you know, it was all had to be internal motivation, not, you know, there wasn't an external source that was actually, you know, pushing me in that in that world. And I think that to a certain degree that helped was that, you know, I didn't have anyone influencing the decisions I was trying to create. Yeah, self-made man. Mm. Nice. Uh, what has been your greatest success? I think it's a sort of a combination of things, but if you put them all together, it's you know creating the the LinkedIn profile presence to start with, then you know partnering up with Miri Barros in the Toolma.com.au brand, yeah, uh, a couple like three years ago now, and you know sort of the, the influence that I had on one, which has then pulled into the Toolma.com.au brand. And then I guess, you know, looking forward at what opportunity that creates for us moving forward, I, I think is, is quite a powerful platform that we're creating. Mm. And I think the, you know, the lessons I've learned even only in the last couple of months is that, you know, make sure you've got a, a good team of people around you and understand what the actual benefits of those teams are and um, what, you know, as a whole, what you can create as a, with a whole heap of people as opposed to just, you know, 
one person alone. Yeah. Is that the idea of your, uh, I like to call it a mastermind, but mm-hmm. your Toowoomba partners? So, yeah, so the Toowoomba.com.au business partners is, I guess, you know, uh, one business per category. We basically go out and select a, a business within that category via an application process. And then from there, we basically go through a series of of tests, I guess, in a way to make sure that the, that person's personality then matches who else is in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the inside out and the outside in to try and, you know, make sure we've got a, a very collaborative, strong group as a whole. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see the opportunities that flow from that group that I'm not even I could have seen, like, or, or even, um, you know, thought would have even existed. So, mm-hmm. and from a social standpoint, when you get a group of people that are willing to work together and they all start to learn and meet each other on a, on a fairly regular basis, you'll find that they all start to like each other's posts. So yeah, the influence of, of everyone's posts within yeah. that circle actually increases. Yeah. So there's obviously some benefits from a viral slash visibility for those businesses as well. Yeah. So there's a, I guess, this need to help each other out. So. Reminds me of uh, Henry Ford as well, where he had his little mastermind of engineers who he would have an idea and then he would um, give the idea to the engineers and they would have to go out and figure it out. And then he would have his accountants and each person had their specific role that he didn't have to learn and be everything. He could just focus on his um, specific knowledge base, his own strengths. And I, I sort of see that as what the mastermind is. Each person has their uh, strengths and they can branch out to all of these other the businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that, you know, for me personally, like there's been certain situations where I've, you know, it's been good having people at arm's length where you can say, hey guys, well, just no, life close and handy where you can sort of say, hey, I've got this problem. Can you, you know, can you gleam some light on it mm-hmm. um, without sort of even getting into a commercial arrangement around it? So. And even, you know, to the point that my, my young five-year-old decided he'd flood my ensuite, like, you know, God. having someone in my team who was, a, um, I guess, you know, someone who, who day-to-day helps people with those sort of water damage problems yeah. and having them race around with all the, you know, expensive gear and, and you know, that relationship was invaluable at that yeah. point, you know, so. Of course. Just knowing who to call as well mm. is helpful. And and then having someone that, you know, you don't even have to question what it's going to cost, that they know you're going to look after you. Yeah. I think there's a whole other, you know, level of, of trust. Yeah. Yeah. And that's everything in business mm. and in life, really. Yeah, true. Very true. Uh, what's your greatest failure? Oh, geez. The gr- greatest failure for me, I don't know whether, I don't know whether I've had... Like every every failure has been a lesson moving forward. But there's not not particularly one that really I guess jumps out and hits me. I guess from a I wouldn't I wouldn't say wouldn't say failure point of view, but I'd say, you know, there's been times where I've sort of, you know, gone back and reflected on it afterwards and said, Look, you know, maybe maybe I could have done things a little bit differently. In, in, in that particular situation. But I, I'm sort of a bit of a cruisy enough guy that I sort of don't let anything dwell as, as, a, as a failure. Yeah. Um, I'd sort of, you know, brush it over, learn it and move on. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, nothing that's nothing that's a pinnacle line in my life as a as a, a major catastrophic <laughs> failure. I think the world's going to end. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's yeah, yeah, nothing nothing that sort of comes directly to mind on that one. So cool. Uh, what do you want to achieve with Toowoomba.com.au? I think the, you know, the biggest thing with Toowoomba.com.au is I'm trying to, you know, shine a light on our on our local businesses, and and use the Toowoomba.com.au as a platform to allow those businesses to be seen on a more of a global scale. So you know, basically shining the light from Toowoomba outwards. Yeah, we've got such a beautiful spot here. Uh, on top of the hill and on top of the volcanoes <laughs> or the extinct volcanoes. Yeah. And it's a, um, you know, a lovely spot to bring up a family. It's, I guess you, you couldn't really ask for a, you know, a nicer spot to live. Mm. And we have so many, you know, great businesses up here locally that, um, you know, are not only, you know, pushing the boundaries or within their own business and their own niche, but they're, you know, I, I guess these are businesses that will go out of their way to help other businesses within their niche. Yeah. And, you know, there's other parts of the world where that's sort of, you know, not necessarily the case. Yeah. And reputation, you know, becomes the first part of every interaction. And, you know, Toowoomba is such a small place that, you know, it's only one degree of separation between anyone. And, yep. you know, one bad, you know, like I guess one bad experience has a bit of a flow-on effect. Of course. So it's it's very important in the Toowoomba ecosystem to to you know keep you know everything above board transparent and and sort of trustworthy and yeah. building a building a platform that we can you know I guess market products out to the world is is a longer term goal. Mm-hmm. Do you think Do you think that there's a way to reestablish that trust once that trust is gone? In Toowoomba specifically, uh, I think I think so. Yeah, I think it's a it's never a, never an issue. Like it's you know obviously there's some learnings in it, and it's a matter of just taking the ownership of those learnings and then and moving forward. Mm. And I think Toowoomba is very much about it's about reputation, but it's also about you know who people know where they can perceive there's a lower risk transaction yeah. than others, and. It's really trying to making sure that people can demonstrate capability and um, skill set within a niche is probably the big thing, and going through that process of of you know a testimonial process can sometimes help that. Of course. What are you reading right now? So the one um, one book that I'm reading at the moment is um, it's a book. It's called uh, Traction. So it's by a guy called uh, Gina Wickman, and it's it's really about you know how a, how a business can structure their, or sorry how a business person can structure their business, and it's from a guy who's you know got a immense load of expertise in creating all these different businesses, and what he's figured out to be the, I guess the rules of engagement within those businesses and what's made them and what's you know what's made them fail and what's what's given them success. So, cool. Um, halfway through that one at the moment, so it's it's a good read. Hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to read that one. Definitely something that I could use. Uh, what tips would you give people who uh, are wanting to create their own personal network? 
or network of people? I think it's start now is probably the biggest tip. Uh, it's a long-term play. It's not a short-term play. You're not going to see results tomorrow. Yeah. You'll see dribble and, and dabble of results over the next you know period of time. But it's it's you're actually building it every day to day um, towards a, a longer term goal. Yep. The you know the biggest lesson I learned was when I left um, the document management business that I was working for, I took a redundancy from there and being able to you know I'd spent two years building my LinkedIn network and on a Friday afternoon you know at four o'clock. I updated my LinkedIn profile to say, looking for my next opportunity. And, you know, by six o'clock that night, I had five phone calls. Wow. And all specifically within that niche that I'd been connecting to. Um, but, um, yeah, basically it was it was quite a, a process that, you know, I, I'd learnt um, that the importance of a network. Mm. And, you know, I guess to a certain degree, I, I nearly call it an insurance policy. In that, you know, if, if I need to get the word out that, you know, I'm looking for a new job. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a great medium to do that. Yeah. And I, I recently tested this. I, I was sitting at um, a cafe in uh, Bridge Street and um, I met this guy. He just came up to me and said, hey, Brennan, I've, I've seen what you're doing on LinkedIn, but we've never physically met in person. And I said, oh, I'll sit down and let's have a bit of a chinwag. And he said, look, you know, the situation is I'm a single dad. I've got two kids. You know, I've been struggling to find a job for two years. And, you know, I'm, you know, it's getting pretty hard for me. I was, I was you know, sort of, you know, I, I let him sort of tell his story. And I was, I was nearly about to say, you know, well, you know, you know, reach out to your employment agencies and, you know, update your LinkedIn and, and um, just see how you go. But then I was sort of like, okay, well, how about we just wander outside? We took a selfie together and I whacked it on my LinkedIn profile and I said, this guy's looking for a new job. You know, this is his background. Um, you know, reach out to me for his details or reach out to him. And he's, you know, and within, we this was like 10 o'clock in the morning. By one o'clock that afternoon, he had a job interview. Wow. The following morning, he started a brand new job. And I, like that was to me was like you know being able to use what I'd built for the last two years for good. Yeah. And that's amazing. It's um you know he his his LinkedIn profile said that he was a consultant working for himself, mm. but no one twigged that he was actually looking for a job. Cool. Like it wasn't um it it wasn't put out there that he was he was definitely on the search. So I think um from that point of view it's. You know, using that that vast network you've got, not only for yourself but for the people around you. Mm. And like you know, for him now, six months later, he said, "Look, the whole thing has changed his his world." You know, yeah, he's got a great paying job. He's got a company car. You know, he's got some flexibility around his kids. You know, his skill set was was in the um, working on the big um, high end solar panel installations and the company that he dealt with in the past was looking for someone with his level of expertise. Huh. It was never an advertised job. Mm. They just reached out and like they've been looking for someone and they've been trying to search and search and search for someone with the skills to maybe poach them. But the fact that he was just sitting there readily available for all this time, you know, it yeah. just, just shows. 
I've been reading uh, Francesca Moy's book, uh, Follow Me, and in there she says um, that your network is your net worth, and that's complete demonstration of that, that it's not just you that can benefit, but the people around you that can benefit as well. It just opens different opportunities. And it's, it's, a, it's a great resource if you're having trouble fixing something. Mm. Like if you, you've got a struggle, you can put it out to your network and say, does anyone have the skill set around this particular issue or can connect me to someone who does. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of value within that too. Yeah. Let's do some fun ones. Uh, so who's your tra- a dream team? Dream team. So dream team for me would probably be, um, I guess the the common ones that I would think would be the answers at your end would be um, probably Elon Musk is the one guy that, I, you yeah. know, sort of look up to a bit for a guy who you know, dreams bigger than this world and, yeah. um, and then actually goes through and delivers on it. Yeah. There's, you know, Bill Gates, you know, understanding, you know, and, and reading about the brain of, of Bill Gates and, you know, how he's been able to achieve, you know, a tech company of the size and being able to, to you know, outlast the test of time within mm. that industry and, and really understanding how he had to modify his business throughout time. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, I think, is a is a super clever dude who, you know, is, you know, every time you sort of watch him, you know, speak and stuff like that, he he definitely has that air of, you know, he, he, that he cares, but at the yeah. same time, he he sort of has the most powerful vehicle in the world that he's disposable. Yeah, and yeah. you know, he has to really watch how he plays that game, and while everyone's, you know, go doing their best to try and break it and hack it and all the rest of it he's he's trying to you know put some sort of moral ground and line in the line in the sand to say look this is where i will not and and won't um won't cross the spider-man of uh, the business world Mm. and i think you know it's a it would be a a terribly difficult job and there would be some big decisions that would have to be made in his world that would yeah would, would have a worldwide ramification so of course probably the other ones would be, uh, you know, watching sort of what um, Oprah Winfrey has, has actually accomplished in her in her life. Yeah. Um, not only being um, African American, but also, you know, being a woman and, and basically creating her empire around, um, a, you know, a talk show. Yeah. And you know what the influence that's created for her and the amount, you know, the types of people that she's got to interview which then become, you know, I guess part of her network in a mm. way. So I think, I think there's some lessons around that. And then there's um, good old Tony Robbins. So you know, he's, uh, you know, the more and more you read about him, the more and more that you understand that, you know, he wouldn't be the man he is today without the conflict and issues that he had in his childhood yeah. with his mum. And, um, you know, the fact that his adversity at birth, oh, sorry, from birth, and, um, you know, the, I guess the environment that he grew up in with his, with his brothers and stuff like that was what shaped him into being the man he is today. Mm. Um, and without those, without those things, he wouldn't have the chance to, you know, be who he is and, and I guess, um, put that influence back onto the world. So. Awesome. Uh, and last one, real quick. You're on a desert island. What three things are a must for you? 
Desert island, jeez. Um, <laughs> probably the... <laughs> <laughs> having clean clean drinking water is probably a good one that's probably <laughs> a good place to start yeah it's uh it's probably a fairly necessity one and i guess uh an abundant supply of food is probably a second one mm. and and the third one is is really having um some tools for self-sufficiency uh, i guess um to so completely survival mode very much survival mode i think would be the would be the big thing. I mean, I'm sure there's people that would say, you know, some sort of wine and some sort of crackers <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, you know, a nice sun couch. But, you know, I think in, in that sort of environment, you know, it, it's really about, you know, outlasting the, the elements and, yeah. and, um, and I guess, you know, building, building somewhere that's, I guess, more safe and, and uh, sustainable to, to live in over time, I guess, depending on how long you're going to be in this desert island, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, that, that's my half view on it anyway. So Good answers. Well, thanks for your time, Brendan. Thank you. Thanks for having me.